Girl, remember when we worked at a WeWork? I mean, I remember working in an office space, but not the WeWork that's described in this endless documentary. So... Patrick Hines. Uh, you guys, if you want more of the GP and PH shenanigans, join us on the Patreon, you guys. It's where you can get over 200 full bonus episodes to download and binge right this second. We just started um, the Murder Among the Mormons or whatever. Is that what it's called? Yes, and I am beyond thrilled that you're beyond thrilled because I thought this was I thought this was a me pick. Like I thought this was all about me, but I'm so psyched you're down for it, too. I gotta tell you, I wasn't really looking forward to it, but then we got into it. You guys, this is all about like a crazy murder because it deals with like found documents from like the past and history and like it's super nerdy what's the Nicolas Cage movie called? National Treasure? Is that it? Yeah yeah like that whole National Treasure Da Vinci Code like biblical shit that people I'm obsessed I'm obsessed and there's like a white salamander involved it's a whole thing I'm obs- it's like it's crazy so it's all that and it's also like it's our episode by episode coverage of All Be Gone in the Dark and the what was the one the Night Stalker yes the Jinx and Heaven's Gate and the Vow and and uh, Tiger King, Making a Murderer, uh, yeah. Don't F with Cats, all the ones that have like multiple apps. It's all there. You're going to love it. You can add free versions of these episodes. Oh, and we also do like after parties. We give you advice. We just hang out. We send you videos. There's, again, just shenanigans, just absolute shenanigans. You guys also join our Facebook group. It's the True Crime Obsessed podcast discussion group. Our Facebook group is so amazing and the community is so strong. We brought in a full-time employee, yes. Sasha, who is just incredible to like be the go-to person in the Facebook group so now there's somebody there for you to contact at any time with any issues or any concerns or just want to say hi and that you love it we take our Facebook group really really seriously yes. and we want you to get in there and join in the conversation about the podcast yeah and speaking of conversations about the podcast every Tuesday yes. at noon Eastern we're on Instagram uh, True Crime Obsessed Podcast and we just we call it Ladies Who Lunch it's a noon it's about a half hour we talk about the app we take your questions we just hang out it's fun yeah. more shenanigans girl that's it anything funny happens in your life this week? Fiona ran into the office and leapt onto the table in the office and like my incense ashes went flying and then she like noped her way on out of there and I was like what just happened? Like, I had to just laugh hysterically. She le- She's a gazelle. She leapt like a gazelle onto the table and I was like this is a bad idea. Why? Why did I do this? And then ran out. All right, girl. What are we talking about today? We are talking about WeWork or the making and breaking of a $47 billion unicorn. Yeah, you guys, that title didn't make any sense to me. I'm just going to tell them what it is right now. I'm just going to tell them what that means. Go ahead. A unicorn apparently is any like startup business that's worth like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm so bored just saying it. The word value- I know, did you hear my, I just got like the most monotone. <laughs> the word valuation makes me, I don't know what, I don't know what it makes. It makes you want to drink a whole bottle of wine and talk about something else. I know. And talk about got anything other than valuations. A friend of mine called me up and said, there's this new thing. I can't tell you anything about it right now. I promise you are going to want to be a part of it. The next revolution is the we revolution. Adam Newman sounded like a mythical figure, but it was a lot of smoke and mirrors. When somebody tells you they're changing the world and you are helping them do that, It feels really special. The future is about being part of something greater than yourself. I believed every word that came out of Adam's mouth. 
Adam told me I was going to be a millionaire. We work wanted to become the next Facebook, the next Google. It became this poster child for this growing trend of flexible offices. They had already reached a billion dollar valuation. WeWork was the most overvalued company in the world. The sales guy comes to me and he says, this is some kind of cult. Are you profitable? Right now we're in a very high growth stage. You can actually choose when to be profitable. What? We had tracking bracelets on. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. You would talk about being president of the world. You tell a 30-something male he's Jesus Christ, he's inclined to believe you. About this. It's September 2019, you guys. And I just have some douche is like standing talking to a camera about some sort of fundamental shift taking place in New York City real estate or something, girl? Real estate is going through a fundamental shift from a must have. It's a mouthful. From a fixed cost per seat commodity to a must have experience. I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Real estate. Guys, I need no sounds. If you're moving and making a sound and I'm speaking, freeze. Real estate is going through a fundamental shift. He's such a derp. We have the derpy music. <laughs> and you know, he's just like, he's just directing yes. everyone. He's sort of barking orders. But I'm just like, oh, I'm supposed to be charmed by him. And here we are again, another <laughs> cult leader. We hear for an hour and 45 minutes how fucking charismatic this guy is. And I got nothing. And I feel nothing. Are you going to tell them what he does? Or am I going to tell them what he does? Oh, that he farts because he's a fucking bro? <laughs> Sorry. The universe had to release it. It's so fucking disgusting. It's also stupid. Like, at, know, at its core, it's just dumb. Who does that? I am not acknowledging that I have ever broken wind ever in my life. I'm not saying I've ever done it. But if I ever have, I am so ashamed to make a noise like that and for it to come out of your bum in front of people. And he did like a move. He like wanted it. He's such an idiot. His name is Adam Newman. He's the WeWork yeah. guy. That's what we're talking about. And he's just going on and on about being a part of something greater than yourself. Blah, 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 blah. And just yeah, like yeah. technology and the future. I want us to never forget that the future, while leveraging technology, lies in ourselves. It is us who will blaze the path forward, paved not with algorithms, not with software, but with values, with friendship with common goals, and most importantly, with humanity. We're gonna move forward, not with algorithms, but with friendship. And like, what are you saying? I know, and I just wrote, like, he is definitely the low-rent Ashton Kutcher. Guess who shows up eventually? Ashton, like four <laughs> times. I have some words for Ashton later. <laughs> I will just say, too, when Ashton Kutcher does eventually show up in this documentary, it's at this low-rent Ashton Kutcher's, like, lowest point. And he's, like, a broken, low-rent Ashton Kutcher sitting next to the actual Ashton Kutcher, which, love him or hate him, he is about as perfect-looking as it gets. Okay. Yeah, he's good-looking. Yeah. <laughs> I love, Is that just occurring to you for the first... Have you never considered his cheeks before? I Well, you know why? Because I just remember him with that long, like, moppy hair. Even more more perfect even more perfect <laughs> who am i talking to obviously <laughs> uh, but we know we'll, we'll break down the ashton kutcher of it all when the time comes oh my god but we're, we're sort of time jumping here like we're back to september 2008 and we get this yeah. guy derek who's a reporter for the atlantic after 2008 2009 you had this really interesting period in u.s economics where the economy itself was in a recession and we were looking for some way to get out of it we were looking for hope and hope was found in technology 
remember this time. I was a bartender at a bar that at Capitol Grill, which like <laughs> caters to like rich Republican like money guys. And these guys were having a bad week. I remember it was a bad. Yeah, it was a bad <laughs> 2008 was a bad week that year. Yeah, that it was, was a bad... bad week for these guys. But they're saying that like what came out of that time was like tech, right? That like tech was going to be what saved us. That like social media, like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, these were going to be the things that were going to save us. And this guy, Adam, his whole thing is that like, no, social media was meant to bring us together, but it's actually like tearing us apart. And this guy's got the solution to it. Like that's what at least he says the idea of WeWork was born out of. Yeah. And we meet this guy, Randall, who works for Forbes. I really like him. He's a straight shooter. And he basically translates a lot of this tech bullshit for us. Like yeah, he just, yeah, yeah. they pop him in and he's like, no, no, no. Here's what Adam was saying. Like, it makes no sense. Don't worry about it. I got you. And so he just said, he was like, yeah. So before we work, Adam had a ton of ideas oh that didn't work. This is always my favorite part of the documentary about the tech guy. Right, I always right, right. love hearing the failed ideas. It's my favorite thing. So one of them was crawlers spelled with a K. Just spell the word right. But it's knee pads for babies. He had this idea called crawlers, which was for babies so they could have padded knees. You know, babies have been doing fine for millions of years without padded knees. Our tagline was, just because they don't tell you doesn't mean they don't hurt. <laughs> All babies do is vocally tell you when they're upset. They're screaming. They're crying. They Babies have no, God bless them, they have no thought of like, maybe I should keep this to myself. Yeah, no. Right, right. They're constantly vocalizing about what they need. Even if they can't say the words, crying, change the diaper. Yeah. Crying, I'm tired. Just, crying, I'm hungry. They tell you. Some of us never grow out of it, Jillian. Some of us now just get handled bottles of vodka. Wah, wah, okay? wah, wah, wah. That's what I hear in your complaining mode. Wah, 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 wah. But wait, I also made the note that we learned at this time this guy Adam is like couch surfing, like living with his sister who's a model. And I said, she seems like an asshole too. Yeah. I don't like her attitude. We only see her for like 30 seconds. I'm not that into her, girl. Yeah, and it's like, maybe she's great, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> did she try to stop him? No. No. Uh, even Gwyneth Paltrow didn't try to stop him. She had the, if anybody had the opportunity, it was Gwyneth. Look, no one's getting past that wife of his. We'll get there in a minute. <laughs> And so there's like this other guy named Miguel who also started WeWork, but he's barely here and the story is not about him at all. Not only is he barely here and it's not about him, in the very end after this whole thing falls apart and we get 15 pages of on-screen text about what happens to Adam, they don't even bother to tell us what happened to Miguel. <laughs> you know what? Like, smart. Like, yeah, yeah separate yeah. yourself from this fucking dumpster fire. Oh my God. <laughs> but the thing about both Adam and Miguel is that they both actually grew up on communes. Every great business... Uh, has a founding story and WeWorks is excellent. You have Adam and Miguel, uh, two children of communes. Literally grew up in communes and, you know, one in Oregon and one in Israel in a kibbutz. And they wind up together with this idea that they're going to create a work commune. This whole co-working thing made so much sense to them because they literally grew up on communes. And I get what they're saying. And they're not wrong. Like, they have this really cutesy whatever. It's kind of stupid. Like, talking about how, like, the world at this time was all about I. The world has shifted. It used to be an I world, right? iPhone, iMac, all about me, me, me. If you take the me and you flip it and you get the we, you understand that we're about to change the way people work and the way people live. But more importantly, change the world. If you take the me and flip it to we, 
we can change the world. Says like arguably one of the most self-centered people we've ever covered. For sure. For sure. But I do understand what he's saying. The idea is that like this guy, Adam and Miguel, want to revolutionize the way people work. And like they want the dream situation where everyone is sort of together sharing like tables and sharing ideas and companies sort of like working in a, in a shared space where you're going to inspire each other. Mm-hmm. That to me was the draw of WeWork. I understand that draw. Like we'll get there in a minute. I was very excited to be working at a WeWork when we started. You guys, it went downhill real fucking fast. Am I a monster to say I just want a quiet place to work? Because we see, like, there are people talking to the camera about, like, how amazing WeWork is. There's someone in, like, the big common area where all the desks are out in one big room, not, like, a private little, like, glass office that you rent. But people are trying to work, and there's someone playing the fucking clarinet. And I'm like, that is so rude. People are paying a a ridiculous amount amount of money to sit at a uh-huh. desk and there's some asshole playing the fucking clarinet at I 11 know. o'clock i just want i just want to place a quiet place to work it's all i want i don't need the community i, I don't need the fucking like fancy coffee or whatever i, I just know. like i just want to work god damn it can i tell you something awful what i am exactly the opposite i know you are I, but you're like you are but you're not because you just yeah. want to get shit done too yeah like now that we have our actual own tco office i like love that we come here but i miss people like when we started going to we were like I love the fucking fruit water. I love the coffee. I love I love the fruit water, but we didn't socialize with anyone but each other. I know. And I will say too, I worked at many, many WeWorks in New York City, at least three or four of them. And it was not at all like what they presented to be like in this documentary. Well, so we'll get there in just a minute. But like yeah. no no matter how many people or companies were working at the WeWorks, no one ever talks to anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, not to quote any reality show ever, but I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to get shit done. <laughs> And then go see my friends for happy hour when I'm done. Well, and that's the other thing about WeWork is that, like, for New York City people, it's not so much about having a creative space with other people. It's about the fact that your apartment is 300 square feet. Yes. So you, like, you have nowhere to, you probably don't even have a desk in your apartment, you know? like Yes, Mike and I lived for 10 years, lived yeah. and worked in a 400 square foot apartment on top of each other with no desk. I was I was working at a snack tray table. That is a true right. story. I would sit on the edge of the couch on that, and that couch was where I ate, where I relaxed, where I worked. Yeah. There was no separation. So the idea of being able to, like, I'm, like, quote, going to work, yeah, yeah, you yeah. need that for your mental health, some kind of separation. Yes, I totally, totally agree. But then, like, we get, like, Adam is on TV. He refuses to talk about the numbers. All he does is, like, talk about how great he is and how great we work is, but he won't give any concise information. And then yeah. people are like, I walked in and Adam was super casual, very laid back, very charismatic from the moment I saw him. And he's very tall. And so he has a like very commanding presence. Um, And he's also really, really, he's really friendly. Patrick, I never have once agreed with someone in a documentary that's just like the Keith Ranieri's of the world and the Adam Newman's. Like I'm never gonna say like, I get it. Like no, one look at this guy and I'm like, he's scared. The minute he opens his mouth, he's just full of shit. It's so obvious. I also didn't know that he was so young. Like I didn't know that the founder of WeWork was like this young guy, you know? It's why you never would have been hired by this guy because you're not gonna (laughs) fall for it. You know what I mean? And I hate to say it for anybody who like is in this documentary who's listening to the podcast but like if you fell for this guy's scam like that's kind of on you you know what I mean like and not 
how I feel about everybody who joins a cult, maybe I'm just a monster. I also love one of the, we get this whole montage of the people who just fucking oh love God. WeWork. They oh just God, they love, love it, it, you guys. What I really like about WeWork, we can like work wherever and just like a good environment to be in. I love co-working spaces so much. So uh, let's start over here at the snacks area. I have a snack area, coffee, lemon water. Do what you love. I love drinking coffee, so I'm gonna do that. Like these people at WeWork really take their quote companies so seriously. Mm -hmm. The one lady who said she was the founder of brunchcritic.com. Let me tell you about her. Wait a second. Let me really? tell you about her. It doesn't exist anymore, but her website is amazing because she launched it to capitalize on this documentary. If you oh, sit at home, if you go to brunchcritic.com, it's a headshot of her and she says, hello, I'm just reading it now. Hello, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> brunchcritic.com was a restaurant discovery platform I founded. I recently had a quick cameo in the Hulu documentary about WeWork and a surprising number of people have been reaching out to me. So I decided to whip up this page to meet you. And then it's like, if you want to know more about me, like click the contact to me page this woman i'm shocked that brunch critic failed because like yeah. this is how you do it totally totally, totally. she totally capitalized she had she said six words i'm the founder of brunchcritic.com i founded brunchcritic.com however many words that is and now she's got a brand new headshot and a website just to say that her that brunchcritic.com failed and she's in a documentary about why it like what so we meet a guy named Laurent, and he was the founder of a company called Eventique. He's like an events guy, right? Mm -hmm. And he's in a meeting with Adam, the founder of WeWork. So WeWork is like up and running, you know, whatever. And this guy, Adam, is basically saying to Laurent, who has a very successful events company. We don't have a lot of time. I have a campground upstate. I want to host an event. I need you to help me. I believe that you can help me. Then he told me the budget, and I said, well, you know, your budget's not too great. He said, don't worry, you know, we're going to grow, we're going to be big, you're going to stay with us, you're going to do a lot of work with us. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see. Girl, I've got this, like, campground upstate, and I want to plan an event for my company, and I really want you to plan it, but I definitely don't want to pay you. They just, like, get into debt. They're just, like, calling in every favor and just basically, like, putting everything on a credit card, and they start WeWork Summer Camp, which is another thing that, like, would not be caught dead doing it. First of all, I've never heard of this, but these guys, the guy Laurent, uh -huh. like, falls for Adam, the WeWork founder guy. Like, he's like, I guess I'm just going to do it for this guy, and then, like, works for him for, like, a decade or whatever. This guy Laurent calls calls this like WeWork summer camp thing. WeWork summer camp was fire festival gone right. We see them like hauling in trucks on rafts, mm -hmm. like over bodies of water. They're hauling in trucks, like called in every favor from performers. And then all of a sudden there's like 5,000 people somewhere on an island like celebrating WeWork. It's bananas. Yeah, they like rented out a children's summer camp in the middle of nowhere. And then it's like, oh, work hard, play hard. So yeah. also Adam brought his toddler. So that's cool. While everyone's just like <laughs> tripping on E yeah. and drinking beer all day fucking long, which is like great, but like don't bring a toddler. Anyway, the whole point is where it's like, it would just be some party. And then Adam would get up at night and just like lecture. Like, I mean, it's like a rave. It's like a music yeah. festival. Yeah. And yeah. Adam's like, we're going to change the world. Turn the I to the me to the we. And everyone's <laughs> It's like hammered and it's like where's your baby wait can i ask you a question what is there any chance that that was fucking awesome is there any chance that it was a really fucking good time i would i would need to know about the bathroom situation <laughs> yeah. all i know look i'm gonna make a lot of generalizations and assumptions here it looks like a lot of straight white guys getting hammered and getting like aggressive and violent with each other it would not be fun for a woman i, I i'm saying i would it would be i would be 
frightened. Yes, and for gays, I'm on the fence, but I'm curious. I am we work curious in this situation well, because the guys are hot. They're doing that thing. They're, you guys, they're doing that thing I've always wanted to do where you put yourself in that big bubble beach ball thing and then you slam into each other. Oh, the balloon things where you're like in the bubble and like you run into people. I've always wanted to play that game. Uh, well, I don't know. Go to summer camp. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and so like it would be like, like it, again, it looks like an outdoor music festival. Unlimited alcohol, which could be yeah. a great thing or it's scary thing. And then yeah. like during the day, you'd have Ashton Kutcher giving you lectures about whatever Ashton Kutcher gives lectures about. And then at night, it would be like the ice luge and the rave and the booze and the whatever. And we learned that the reason this happened is because Adam grew up in Israel, only had one TV channel, and he saw a lot of movies like Animal House and The Gong Show. So in a lot of the WeWork spaces, there was a gong. At a lot of big events, somebody hit a gong. So you'd have parties, Animal House, and there would also be yeah. like a gigantic gong in the room, like an actual gong. There were gongs at the WeWorks that we worked at. There were gongs there. I didn't notice them. Is that true? Are you serious? There was a gong there? That there was so gongs. fucking stupid. I know, I know. Did we also, by the way, we meet a gay eventually who does not want to go to the summer camp thing. I know, I'm with her. <laughs> So we meet like this Don the lawyer and he's like, yeah, you know, people really like the coolness of it. And I would really like to have a record scratch moment here because we never had this experience at WeWork. Let me tell you about our experience at WeWork. It was the most overpriced bullshit in the world. We paid, okay, so we we started out with one office and then we decided to get another office to turn it into a recording studio. So we were paying over $4,000 a month for the equivalent of four desks. Yes, yes. And the air conditioner, and I'm not exaggerating, it's going to sound like an exaggeration. The air conditioner never worked and you didn't have control over the temperature of your closed in office which part of me I can understand but they never communicated about it and here's a perfect example of how like this never happened we had just gotten the office space I was really excited to not be in a 400 square foot room and it was right in the summer it was like July I got like dressed for work I had like a cute little summer dress on which is never happens and I go there (laughs) and the air conditioner there's no one there because it's a weekend and they say 24-7 access right so I'm there it's like 10 in the morning on a Saturday I'm like, I packed a lunch, like a salad. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready to get to work. The air conditioner isn't working in the middle of July. And yeah. let me add, which is, you, then that's not 24-7 access. If I no. can't work, what am I paying for then? And I they know. were like, oh, the I know it's July, right? The air conditioner is never going to work in July. And on top of that, they had this composting thing, which is great. Like, the earth yeah. is dying. We need to save her. Please compost if you can, whatever. But when the composting thing is inside a building, yeah. that never has the air conditioner on in July. Yeah. Every time you walk onto a WeWork floor, it smells like actual garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so not only that, in this documentary, the culture is all about meeting people and hanging out. We never talked to anybody in any of the WeWorks I ever went to. All you ever do in those places is do whatever you can to avoid making eye contact. Yes. You're standing at the fucking microwave waiting to make your lunch next to four people. No one's talking. This like right. this is not this is not the vision I was promised. And it's not like they were trying to be our friends and we were being mean girls and not saying hi everyone's like looking down like pretending they're on their phone like no one no one is there to talk everyone
one is there to work. Make sure the air conditioner works in no. July. And if you're going to compost and yeah. try to save the earth, please have an air conditioner. Like, I don't know what to, like, I just don't. I just don't. So now we meet Megan, who was this guy Adam's assistant. And he was giving me a tour of the space and I was interviewing at the same time. And we were just talking about their dream of what we work would become. This is not just about changing the way people work. We're going to change ultimately every facet of the way that people interact. Megan's the person who joined the cult because she was looking for something and then Adam just happened to be in front of her. We see this all the time with cults and that's no shade to Megan. Like she wanted to do something good and Adam's like, I'm going to do something good. And so that's how people join cults, right? But Don... So Don the lawyer is here and they just sprinkle him in perfectly because he's like, everyone thought this was normal and it's not normal. Like he was an adult and all these people had quote jobs, but no real responsibility. Like no one really knew what was going on. And so Don, they're at some like big, I don't know, like hands, all hands meeting or some stupid corporate bullshit, but they're cool and serve beer, whatever. And so Don, like the other adult in the room, who's like, like a, a security guy or something turns to Don and he's like, and he just started asking me some questions and he's like, you know, What's the company about? What do you do there? And he he just kind of changed his tone of voice and he kind of looked down on me a little bit and he was like, brother, can I ask you a serious question? I was like, yeah, sure, ask me the question. He says, is this some kind of cult? Is this a cult or what? Like what's going on here? Because the adults in the room know that this is not yeah. normal like this can't work right no and like that's the thing they they cater this whole thing to millennials you know like they i'm not a millennial i don't know any millennials oh are you a millennial i guess technically yeah i'm a millennial i mean you know they're just saying that like millennials don't want careers they want dreams and they want like a mission and like I just want a quiet place to work with nobody playing the clarinets <laughs> Like, I don't, that's just not true. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying. So, like, one of the millennials that we meet is this super, super hot guy. His name is August. And he is here to tell us about We Live. So, we work is like a co-working space. I've never heard of We Live. Apparently, this is a thing that that existed where they were like, not only are they trying to reinvent the way people work, now they're trying to reinvent the way people live. That's one of the benefits of co-living is you move in, you get friends automatically, you spend time with them, so it becomes your whole social circle. It all felt like everybody was really dedicated to making this idea work, this sort of utopian society of living situations. So you walk in and it's like you're supposed you're supposed to pack one bag and you're good to go. It's like move in ready everything you need. It's a commune. Yeah, but it's yeah. like a pod, right? So it's like right. single rooms, woof. So it's like yeah. 200 <laughs> square feet on a good day. And yeah. the point is like, well, you're not going to be in your room. You're going to be out with the community. That's what this we live situation is. It's like it's like communal living. There's so many people and so many floors and like you never leave the building mm-hmm. and they describe the type of people they're looking for like <sighs> young and hot and literally white like they they come right out and say it and single yeah. they want you to hook up and have this weird like incestuous kind of thing and someone's like i think it's a cute august who's like the first six months was weird if someone left the building if someone were like hey i'm going to a friend's birthday party and the very common next question is oh which floor is it on the idea is that you never leave like you become totally obsessed with it oh. which is like who does 
this? Who falls for this? And who wants to live like that? Yeah, the whole point yeah. is like you separate it. Even if our job, like me and you, right? Like our jobs and our lives are so completely intertwined. Even like yes. you and Steve are making things. Mike and I are making things. But you still need like a nice quiet place to work. Like to live yes. and work <laughs> and be on top of everyone. Yeah, like yeah. it's just like not sustainable. Not as just as a business model, but like personally. Like interpersonal yeah. relationships cannot thrive like that. They just can't. So you guys, like the boring part of this whole documentary is when we're talking about like the real estate thing. Like this guy, Adam, is like trying to make this company a unicorn, meaning that it would be like a valuation of a billion dollars. But he's really dead set that this is a tech company. It's not a real estate company. But this is where we get into all the real estate shenanigans that were happening. The fucking Kushners are here. I we're know. dealing with the Trumps and all the people, like all the big wigs who have like stake in real estate in New York City. But the gag is, it's a real estate company disguised as a co-working company because Adam right. would, would buy these distressed buildings, flip them, turn them into co-working spaces, and then rent out that space. He's in real estate. Exactly. So boring, boring, boring. But can we talk about his wife? It's time to talk about his wife. Okay, his wife, Rebecca, <laughs> we learn about her because we're watching this horrible movie. Rosario Dawson is in it. I don't know oh how God. they landed her. There's like derpy music over the movie. Yes. Are you okay? <sighs> oh, fuck. Are you on drugs? No. Are you? No. What are you on right Not now? I'm on anything, Robin. And Rebecca Newman is Adam's wife. She's an actress, a filmmaker, and friends with Rosario Dawson. And she's also Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin. <laughs> and, and even, like, Alex from Forbes is like, yeah, just ask Rebecca. She'll tell you they're cousins. He's like, you can't say hello to her. She Like, you, you can't have yeah. a two-second conversation without, like, hearing from Rebecca that she knows Gwyneth. It's kind of crazy because I made this note at this point. Like, I feel like they're telling us that she's kind of the strong woman behind, like, the shit husband. And I was like, I feel like they want us to not like her, but I like her. And then that, that goes out the window but <laughs> right because we we learned that like she had a lot of authority but she actually wasn't on paper a co-founder and so this is very gray because i'm like are they just gonna fucking blame the woman and then i realize right. oh rebecca sucks yeah. <laughs> so now we gotta talk about joanna 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 <laughs> Joanna is a former product manager. She's this badass fucking woman. And she's saying that like, I end up doing other people's jobs because they're not working fast enough. So then eventually my supervisor writes his password on a post-it and he hands it to me. I was logging in and out so often that more than once I would click on his Gmail icon and end up opening his email on a realize it's his email and then have to log back out of everything and have to log back in. So he eventually, rather than just getting better at his job, just gave her his passwords to everything, including his email, so she could just, like, log in and do shit for him. And that shit blows up. You guys, this is like letting the women do the work to the nth degree. Don't let the women do the work if you're going to be an asshole who doesn't do your job well and she's going to find out about it. And Joanna, if you're listening, it would be an honor to buy you six martinis. Like, I just <laughs> would love to be in your presence for a while. So Joanna yeah. looks at us and she's like, And, you know, one day a title of an email caught my eye. And then sort of the rest, as they say, is history. And the rest, as they say, is history. And I'm like, Joanna, six martinis are now 10. Like, this is insane. <laughs> and I love that she's like, yeah, I fucking opened that email. And yeah, I snooped and I read. And good thing she did because she finds this list of people that are going to be fired and she's on the list. You guys, she's been doing her boss's job for years and now she's on a list of people he's about to fucking fire. Right. And so there's this mandate they had to fire 7% of their employees because she says that we work with 
flushing cash down the toilet, so they had to cut jobs. <laughs> and so her boss is bragging that, oh, you know, I fired more than 7%, and Joanne is one of them. And she's like, well, this made her want to dig more. And she sees yeah. all the paperwork that what her gut was telling her the whole time, that everything yeah. is bullshit. They're lying about the money to the company, to the media. And she's just like, I didn't know if they were not going to tell investors. They certainly were lying to every time they put out something in the media. And so I thought, well, I'll just give it to somebody in the media and then it will go to the right place and then they will be taken to task for it. So I, uh, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it to the press. <laughs> she tells the press, like, she just sends this out to the world. She's the Angela Bassett meme where she like lights the match and throws it behind her and the car blows up. Yes. That's her walking out of the WeWork on her last day. A hundred percent. But because society <laughs> sucks, like nothing really happens. Like nothing really happens. Yeah. And, and, or we don't really know because like what happens next is that there's like the journalists are onto that story for like a minute, but then like a way bigger story breaks, which is that like, there's a guy, his name is Masa. He is in charge mm -hmm. of this like investment firm or whatever called soft bank basically this guy's got a hundred billion dollars that he's like investing in like new technology ai and adam the founder of wework knows all about this guy wants in like this guy like somebody explains to us the size of the vision fund was unlike anything anyone had ever seen before it was a hundred billion dollars that essentially equated to several years worth of every U.S. venture capital fund. You put them all together and it's around that size. So this guy's got all the money in the world. So eventually Adam gets this guy Masa to commit to coming to a WeWork for a two hour tour. <laughs> this guy Adam has been like the king of the castle for this whole documentary so far. So this is so fucking great. We're like finally he wants something from somebody else like somebody above him. And this guy committed to two hours. He shows up with 12 minutes left. Finally, Masa shows up and he says, Adam, I'm so sorry, I'm late, but we only have 12 minutes. And they're going through WeWork and he's giving him the super speed tour. At exactly 12 minutes, Masa's son looks at his watch and he says, Adam, I'm so sorry, but I have to go. But if you'd like, you can ride with me to my next meeting. I got to go, but you can ride in the car with me to my next meeting. So Adam pitches yeah. this Japanese guy in the car and Masasan looks at him and he's like, you're crazy, but you're not crazy enough for me. You need to think 10 times bigger. And basically yeah. one of the richest people in the world looks at Adam Newman and says, you know what? Here's four billion dollars go crazy four billion dollars go crazy which is so that like masasan like that is crazy but what it does right. <laughs> is it gives WeWork a lot of credibility and that's why joanna's tea that she sent to the press is kind of meaningless because yeah. they're like yeah but they just got four billion dollars so four billion dollars so it's 2017 and the valuation of the company is now 20 20 billion dollars with a b like i just want to make sure that that's coming through in the audio and your headphones in your car like with a b yeah with a b and so this guy adam newman had designs on like taking we work global forever and now he can act, not only can he do it he can do it really quickly now but they say like we work stops making savvy business deals because everybody knows news about the four billion dollars is everywhere it's all over the world so they can't make any good deals no one's going to give them a break on anything they're paying top dollar for everything yeah so the, like we work is no longer the like scrappy upstart with the 
the heart of gold, which is what Adam always yeah. wanted it to be. But also, did you catch this? This is when someone says the AC wasn't working. Someone says it no! here. Because what happens is they're opening offices for the sake of it. They just want to be able to say, like, we have X amount of offices in X amount of locations. So things yeah. would be, quote, open when they weren't ready. Typically on a project, you want to make sure it's photography ready. You want it to look perfectly staged. You want to have a good first impression. When you go to a WeWork opening day of, they'd still be painting. There'd be ladders everywhere. People would be installing lights. The AC wouldn't be working. Oh my God. I mean, the air conditioning situation, I forgot what a big fucking part of our lives that was. <laughs> remember the elevator situation? The elevators never worked? Do you remember that? Yes. And we were on the 14th floor and uh-huh. there was two elevators in this building, you guys, two for 14 floors full of offices. There would be mornings we'd have to wait for like an hour to get into the elevator to get up to our office. Yeah. And yep. Steve once was like, why don't we just take the stairs? And I thought I was going to have to divorce him. Oh, Steve. 14 flights of stairs, please. Steve. Okay, Rebecca is here, and she, now they have We Work, they have We Live, and now yes. it's We Grow, and they're going to teach guys. your kids now. They're going to te- These people are going to teach your children. Because Rebecca, oh my God, look, I have been through this. Rebecca was like looking for a school for her kid for kindergarten, and in all of Manhattan, with all of their truly wonderful public schools and truly, truly wonderful and expensive private schools, she couldn't find a single one that was good enough for her kid, so she had to make her own. When my eldest daughter was in kindergarten, as we started to look around for schools in both New York and the West Coast, I wasn't finding a place that was going to nurture her, her spirit and her soul as much as her mind. She's telling that to her cousin Gwyneth. Like, Gwyneth is interviewing her, and Gwyneth is just sitting there nodding her head knowingly. Let me tell you something. I don't even think they're in the same room. I think someone said to Gwyneth, just nod, because it's yeah. so <laughs> awkward. There's no warmth or personality yeah. at all. Like, even Gwyneth just looks like those dead eyes just <laughs> nodding, and I'm like, is there even anyone in the room with her? Like... She's not even accurately reacting to what's being said. It's so weird. So Don the lawyer is here and he says, he's like. And then meanwhile, you're going to start a school that has like a 35, 40 grand tuition fee per elementary school kid. That school is exclusionary to a lot of people, right? That's just a prototypical person who's grown up in certain circles and doesn't realize there's other people in the world. So Rebecca starts a school with a tuition for 40 grand a year. Oh and he's like, tell me who that school is really for, Rebecca. And also, how do, have I, how do we not know? I only know about WeWork. I did not know about We Live, We Grow. What? Because it all failed. Because it, it never <laughs> happened. And like Randall, the straight shooter, is like, wait, wait, like, do you know how audacious that is to think that you can like revamp the education system when we've been actually trying to do that for centuries? And he's like, right. they just believe yeah. their own bullshit. Like the God. All of these people, my God. And I just have my next note is, oh, we're back with hot August. Oh, thank God. Hot August is really, really hot, you guys. He's very cute. And so, yeah. and he's also tortured, which I know you love. So, because <laughs> he's working at WeWork and living at We Live, right? Like he's, yes. and I mean, it's so stupid. It's just so stupid. I, I would open a bar with you called We Drink, though. I would definitely <laughs> Obviously. do that. But you got to keep it down. You got to keep it down. Yeah. And keep your clarinet outside where it belongs. <laughs> no musical instruments allowed. That's Mm-mm. that's where I draw the line. No. Except for on Indigo Girls nights where you can all bring your acoustic guitars. Or the Indigo Girls can bring their guitars and everyone sits oh, quietly yeah. and enjoys the performance. <laughs> So we get this guy, Justin, he's a tech guru, basically, and he is renting space at WeWork because his company, he owns a company. This is so fucking awesome. This story is amazing. It's a, it's delicious. I have in my notes, yeah. I was like, this is so delicious. Yeah. But he has a company. And we index and crawl public information from the web. 
our bots just happen to add WeWork into our list of companies. And then our bots found something astonishing about WeWork. They have a list of companies that their bots do this for, and WeWork just happens to be one of them, and they work out of WeWork. Yeah, so Justin is like in his cramped WeWork office. Yeah, probably no air conditioner, no. 90 degrees in August. Actually smelling like garbage and banana peels, because composting, again, great idea, but you have to have the eight, you have to do it right. So he's like sitting there, and this app that he built is like combing the internet and is pulling up all this tea on WeWork. And so every <laughs> Everything, everything. Yeah, and we yeah. know now, of course, this thing is two hours long, but like everything yeah. is a lie. And so it's just like, boop, 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 boop. It's like coming up on Justin's computer. Again, he's sitting in a WeWork and it's just like, WeWork is a lie. It's like showing up on his screen. It's stuff that we knew the second, like we worked at a WeWork that had 14 floors. We worked at least on three of those floors over the year that we were there. Never one time was the number of offices filled more than a third. Like there was probably 80 offices on the floors that we were on and never one was there more than like eight or nine businesses there ever like yeah and so they're presenting to the media that like they're sold out they're making billions and like secretly filing away these things that these bots are finding that like people are leaving they're not coming back WeWork has their own uh, social networking platform that nobody's using and so this guy what's his name Justin he just writes a blog post about it he's like oh here's what's actually going on at WeWork within 30 minutes someone yeah. from WeWork tells him that this is infuriating this is like yeah. this is how to piss me off. The community manager stopped by to our office and she says, you violated our membership happiness clause. And then the kicker was she said, you have 30 minutes to leave. <laughs> you violated our membership happiness clause. We're going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> Within 30 minutes. That's the other thing, too. If you've ever like seen one, a company at one of these WeWorks in one of these cramped offices, it would take two hours at least to get all your shit out of there. <laughs> like, they throw this company out on the sidewalk. I thought they were all about community and getting hammered together all the time. Summer camp. Like, mandatory summer camp. We didn't even talk about the gay who didn't want to go. Let me just, like, throw this story in really quickly. His name was, like, Quinn or something. And he was one of their designers. And they made him go to the summer camp the first year. And the second year, he was went to his boss and was like, like, I'd like to never do that again. I know that gay Patrick Hines really loves the summer camp because it's all about the taking the shirt off and the all night drinking and the playing the game where you get in a beach ball and you run into other bros. And Patrick weirdly really likes that. It's not It's not for me. It's not for me. I sat down with one of the executives and explained to her that last year I went, I didn't enjoy myself. It's not for everybody. And please don't make me go again. <laughs> and she kindly said, I see your point, but it's a mandatory event. And he's like, and then I'd be sitting there and the word of the day would be authenticity. And I'm like, the <laughs> word of the day? And he's like, you know what's not authentic? Being forced to be here. Like, how authentic is that? Because they cut to these like seminars that they would have to sit through for eight hours. And the people watching the seminars, hundreds and thousands of people sitting in the mud. They're all sitting in the mud while Rebecca is on the stage going on and on and on about some fucking nonsense. And the guy Quinn or whatever his name is really does not appreciate sitting in the mud i'm with quinn how <laughs> dare you rebecca also where's your toddler so remember the japanese guy like one of the richest people in the world that whole deal yes. 
that deal is just over. Like they were going to spend all this money, billions and billions. And Moss is just like, I'm pulling the plug. I'm not into it anymore. And this is like the biggest deal because he had given him $4 billion. And then like the rest of the money that he was committing to the company was going to be the thing that was going to like carry the company over for like forever. And this guy pulls out on Christmas Eve, girl. <laughs> and it's just, you know, Adam's in Hawaii and, yeah. you know, and so the news is about to break. Right. And so yes. it does. And now Adam is being interviewed. I don't know what all these interviews are for. They're just like doing a press junket or something. But Adam yeah. calls his best friend, Ashton Kutcher, to be the mouthpiece <laughs> and basically say it's a six billion dollar raise. It's the second largest venture capital investment of all time. I'm an investor in Uber, so I know what the first largest one was. It's the second largest of all time. It's SoftBank coming into this company. Now they have 10 billion dollars invested in this company. So the notion that anybody is projecting that they don't have confidence in the company, I think is crazy. I have confidence in the company. Ashton Kutcher, this is what I was talking about at the top. Yeah. He's sitting next to Adam. And again, Adam, without any prompting from Ashton Kutcher, just to my eyes, is like the total broke down low rent Ashton Kutcher. So now they're sitting next to each other. It, that's really not helping Adam's look. Because no, no, no. Kutcher is just a 10 on his worst day. Right. But then Kutcher is just like spewing this utter nonsense about how the company's going to do just fine and everything is great and I don't know what you're talking about and it's all a lie. And he's totally gaslighting us but what it's interesting though because I know you watched his face because I know how yeah. you feel about him his mouth I was mostly watching his mouth when Adam takes over and he's like oh yeah yeah let me say that you, we see Ashton watching Adam speak and you could see yeah. it all over his face he's like I don't believe a word of this like what did I yeah. how did I just vouch for this guy because he is looking like totally. are you saying that's bullshit though and that's bullshit and that's bullshit and that's bullshit and like that's what happens like the whole thing falls apart because in order to save the company Adam decides he's gonna take the company public right. and I don't really know what that means I know it's a big deal but they have to put together this like document that goes out to anybody who wants to read it about the story of the company and all the financials and everything is there and like Adam thinks that he's arranged this document in a way where he's gonna be able to hide all the financial wrongdoing and it just goes from talking head to talking head talking about what a laughing stock Rebecca and Adam became the second this document hit the presses. Almost everyone you talked to had a different item that horrified them. <laughs> so like one by one they would say I cannot believe his wife is choosing his successor or so egregious that he would have this 20 to 1 voting shares or I can't believe the company is paying him six million dollars for the trademark to the word we and the company name. And people are just just like how how did he think this was a good look like this is a public offering so you're you have to come clean and lay everything out and like yeah. they just like tripled down and they were like well we're just going to be fucking ridiculous so that's what takes us back to the beginning because we learned that when you're taking your company public mm -hmm. one of the other things you have to do is make a video to go along with that document that he got publicly shamed for right so that's the video he's trying to make at the top of the movie where he farts where uh, he farts <laughs> that, that could also be a metaphor for just how he badly he is at this because he's like really bad at going off a teleprompter and they had like 10 shoots because it's the night before. Yeah. I mean this video is due at like 6 o'clock the next morning it's now 10 p.m. the night before yeah. and you can see the light in the room getting darker and totally. darker it goes from morning in 
like wee hours of the night. And he's just fucking around. He's wasting everybody's time. He's really not trying. And they spent $100,000 on other shoots that he never showed up to. Like they could have had all the time in the world to edit around him, but he just didn't show up. And now he's like farting all over the place and just directing (laughs) the director. And and so what happens though, the video isn't made. Like they call the whole thing off. And Adam's like, well, no, 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 no. We will go public. Just not today. But like I can totally go public if I want to. Again, gaslighting and lying to everybody. And so it just ends with him being like ousted as CEO and paying no consequences. Yeah, no, he gets no, he gets $1.9 billion. So yeah, no consequences. Yeah, and like it just basically ends with them saying like he and Rebecca both declined to be uh, to be interviewed for this documentary. They're living in one of their many houses in the New York area. And then other people are like, you know, that kind of sticks in your craw a little bit, particularly when you've been preached at about it's all about we. If that's your deal and you're sitting on all this money, and you really believe in what you were saying the whole time, you should give some of the money back to help the employees who got screwed. This was all about we, we, we. Like, you built this company to get away from the me, 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 I culture. Mm -hmm. And now you're the only one who made off with all the money. Everybody else got fucked. And, like, this guy's just a piece of shit. Like, he's the Elizabeth Holmes of the fucking real estate market. And to end it on just, like, a really shitty note, Adam and Rebecca are planning to relaunch a private school called it's Student for Life of Life or something, but it's pronounced soulful. Everyone, fuck right off. Are you kidding me, Rebecca? Get the fuck out of here. Soulful. Give me a break. documentary i did not know what to expect with this one girl i didn't either and it's just it's a lot of business stuff but i'm glad we found the good stuff in it we got the meaty parts out oh my god well i could talk for an hour we used to say at the end of every episode in february january february you guys we are sweating through our clothes we've been here for five hours and we are dehydrated yeah like it was the such a miserable experience working at a we work they would also like turn the water off like at night like i couldn't refill my water if we stayed later remember that <laughs> yeah. like the water wasn't available yes. and no yeah. air conditioning in July, but I'm the asshole. All right, we work. Okay. You guys, if you want more of Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. Over 200 full bonus episodes to download a bitch right this second, covering every series you've ever wanted us to cover. Lacey Peterson, The Menendez Murders, uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, The Val, Lorena, The Jinx, you know them all. All all that good stuff. And then ad-free versions of these episodes and after parties and we give you advice. It's just fun. Like we said earlier, shenanigans. Just a whole lot of fun. It's shenanigans for days, you guys. And guess what? We won't lie to you and scam you. We will not take your, we will not do that. (laughs) We are very, very honest people to our own detriment. I was going to say to a fault. We we are very upfront. Girl, what are we doing next? Oh, oh, we're doing Why Did You Kill Me on Hulu. (gasps) Oh, I don't know anything about this. What is this? Oh my God. It's about like catfishing to find a murderer. It's crazy. It's like using MySpace to try to track down a murderer. Oh my, oh my God. It is a roller coaster where there are ups and downs and twists and turns and I don't know which end is up. It's a whole thing. Ah, All right, you guys, stay tuned for the trailer for Why Did You Kill Me? Our hilarious and ridiculous outtakes, probably lots about farts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm farting. Like, just what a child. I know. So stupid. Ugh. All right. We love you guys. We love you. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. MySpace. I was obsessed with it. I knew how to make it look like this girl on MySpace is real. It looked like I belonged. My typing was acting. Pretending to be her. I think that's what made it difficult at the end. Making someone fall in love with someone who's dead is not a good feeling inside daughter Crystal and my son Justin get right up here. I look over, I see the gun. Bang, bang, bang. And they said, Crystal's been shot. 
The last thing I got to say to her, I promised her that I was going to get them. They're going to pay. He had told me people involved had my space. Aunt Belinda came up with the idea of making Crystal my space. I said, I can get information for you. We decided to name her Angel. I'd drive past their houses and go take pictures of the vehicles, and I think we found them. Belinda was just kind of a psycho. This is going to screw stuff up. Now you start threatening them. We did things that you can't even think of. For those things, we get nightmares. I wanted him to hurt like we were hurting. I just want to know why. She ideas if that's him. He was the only father figure I ever had. They want to meet me. What do I do? And she goes, tell them yes. Nobody's innocent here. Everything has a breaking point. I told them, okay, everybody, no violence. But in the back of my own mind, I still knew I was going to kill him. One of them was Scruff. I know. That's like a gay dating app. Yeah. I use the word dating very loosely with a lot of air quotes. It's like a connection (laughs) app. Like, let's connect. Uh, Everybody play safe, you guys. And he describes going to this, like, eyes wide shut style party where, like, people are wearing masks and it's very secret. Like, it is such New York City bullshit. It's the epitome of what people think of when they think about, like, the annoying people that live in New York. Yes! August, I'm sorry, girl. You're smoking hot, but I'm I'm talking to you. Yeah, and August, where are you really from, girl? And it's okay, but, like, just be honest. And Don's like, I'm not calling anyone a CWO, you fucking jagweed. Like, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, wait, CWOs? More like CE bros, am I right? I think about like with the WeWork that we worked at and like the people who were like our quote community managers who were kind of awesome, like badass, smart women. I'm like, what are you doing working? What are you doing? I know. And also don't gaslight me about the air conditioner in July. It's not on. You guys, it was so bad. Our quote community manager was like, well, I know you don't have a window in your office, but let me get you a windowless air conditioner. I was like, great. That sounds amazing. You guys, they brought us a humidifier. I'm not joking. A humidifier that they filled with... (laughs) (laughs) And they tried to convince us that it was an air conditioner. Steve put a thermometer in the room so we could see how hot it got. I know, because I would look at it all the time and just be fuming physically and then emotionally because I'd be so mad. You'd be hard pressed to find a way to keep me away from August, though. I'd be the one friend that would come back for seconds. Of course you would. I get it. I'm just like. He's so skinny. I love him. I'm like way too hungover. I don't mind the mud. It feels refreshing to me in the morning. You're like, oh, it's like I'm at a spa. I'm just getting a treatment. (laughs) Can someone get me a drink? 